This episode of the Outside Podcast is brought to you by Visit Florida, one of the country's great adventure destinations and also the home of four-time wakeboarding world champion, Sean Murray. Hi, my name's Sean Murray, professional wakeboarder living here in Orlando, Florida. Central Florida is like the biggest place for wakeboarding because the nearly year-round riding and all of just the water, there's lakes everywhere here. It's true. Florida may be best known for its incredible beaches, but the state also has more than 30,000 lakes, most of them inside protected natural reserves. Just north of Sean's home in Orlando is the Ocala National Forest, known for its crystal clear freshwater springs. This is also where you can find the world's largest sand pine scrub forest ecosystem. You know, be- before I moved to Florida being a California kid, I always thought that Florida would be just like palm trees and old people driving pink Cadillacs. The first surprise for me was it's mostly pine trees. The Ocala National Forest offers more than 100 miles of dedicated trails for hiking, cycling, and horseback riding. And when you're in the mood for water sports, like Sean usually is, there's canoeing beneath old-growth trees on the legendary Juniper Run, snorkeling in Alexander Springs, and wakeboarding on numerous lakes. Whatever you're doing, you're almost guaranteed spectacular weather. We as Floridians are known as being very picky for like perfect conditions because if it's not really nice out, it'll get nice soon. You know, whether you're like wakeboarding or paddleboarding or whatever it is, if you're out on the water, you're going to be pretty uh, surprised. Like the conditions here are generally very good. So yeah, we're spoiled. The fact that there's so much to do outside here all the time with his wife and three daughters is what Sean loves most about Florida being in the in the air and around nature is like super vital to our health to our mental health our physical health and so being able to do that throughout the year central florida like that's it for me and my family learn more about the many kinds of adventures that you can find in the sunshine state both on and off the water at visitflorida.com/outside From Outside Magazine and PRX, this is the Outside Podcast. There's a curious benefit to having a lot of outdoorsy friends that is rarely appreciated. And it's this. You get to hear the best stories about dating. Seriously, the stories are so good that Outside has an online column dedicated to the topic. It's called Tough Love. And it's written by Blair Braverman, who's a dog sledder. One of my favorite columns has Blair explaining how one goes about dating while living in a van. So if you do have a lot of outdoorsy friends, chances are you've heard a fair number of wild tales of love and adventure. Some of these stories make headlines, like that one last year that involved a new couple and some very ornery bison on an island in Utah's Great Salt Lake. After it popped in the news, Outside's website published an interview with the couple, and I remember reading it and thinking, this would make an incredible podcast episode. But then I got busy, and I didn't follow up. Fortunately, another show took it on, a really good show. It's called This Is Love, and it's created by the makers of the award-winning podcast Criminal. The show investigates life's most persistent mystery. For their entire fourth season, which launched in April, host Phoebe Judge is telling stories about animals. And us. When I heard their episode on this couple, and those feisty bison, 
I knew I had to share it here with all of you. So here it is. So explain to me, Bumble is the one where you, the woman, has to be the first one to initiate the contact, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, she, I have to contact him first. Um, So I had contacted him trying to break the ice and seeing if he would contact me back. What, tell me about his profile. What was his profile like? So his profile, he said he loved to trail run a lot and he liked the outdoors. So that's really what intrigued me. So you liked the fact that he was a guy who liked adventure. Yeah. <laughs> and I I wanted adventure because I love exploring all of Utah. <laughs> but the main thing that was on his profile <laughs> said that he had been attacked by a bison. So to break the ice, the first thing I asked was if he had antagonized the bison. And he had told me no and then saying he would tell me the whole story if we met up. <laughs> I think I say something like, I survived being attacked by a bison, so... On the profile. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think that if I had been attacked by a bison or bit by a shark, I'd put it on any profile I had. (laughs) I think you get to do that now. (laughs) It's a pretty good story, I guess. We were talking about meeting up because I was like, well... Why don't you tell me this story then? So let's meet up. So you can't tell me the story. So he said he had some paddle boards. And so we talked about um, going the next day, which was like a Saturday, to go paddle boarding. So you, you, you met him, you started talking to him, and then you immediately started planning your first date. Yeah, basically. This was in September of 2019. Kaylee Davis and Kyler Burgess made a plan to get takeout and then take it to a reservoir where they'd have a picnic and go paddleboarding. So we just had a really nice day doing that. When we were tired with that, we ended up driving up to a ski resort nearby and hiking up to the peak. Uh, We watched the sunset on our way back down and then went and got Chinese food. (laughs) I mean, Uh, most first dates don't last through two meals. It's like one meal and then it's done. But you, you, this is two meals you've had with her now uh, in one day. What, what do you, what happens after the Chinese food? What do you decide? Well, we went back to where her car was, which was at the first restaurant. We just left it there when we went and did all the other things. And we ended up just talking for a long time because it was so hard to actually say goodbye. Kyler says he was incredibly excited to have met Kaylee because she loves being outside as much as he does. He told us he spends as much time as humanly possible in nature. My backyard is the Great Salt Lake and Antelope Island. So I'm sitting in my backyard every morning staring at Antelope Island. Antelope Island is a state park in Utah. It's about 15 miles long and 15 miles wide and sits in the middle of the Great Salt Lake. Kyler told us that when he was growing up, his family went to Antelope Island all the time. He had school field trips there. When the park was created 50 years ago, his grandfather was right there, raising the flag at the opening ceremony. It's 
basically an ever-present thing in all of my life. What do you like about it so much? There's no sound there. So there's no car noises. You can see the stars really well. Um, it's wide open. And the lake makes just unbelievably good sunsets. On days where it's not very windy, it just acts as a massive mirror. And uh, I've not been able to find anywhere else that has as good as sunsets yet. Antelope Island State Park is not the typical state park that we have in Utah. Chris Quattrell is a park ranger at Antelope Island. It's quite large. It's big. There's a lot of open space. You know, it's not manicured lawns. It's not, um, you know, uh, flower gardens. It's it's a very uh, rugged, wild-looking place. Um, it's a rugged beauty, is what I like to say. Picture an island with mountains in the middle of a lake. In the late 1800s, 12 bison were brought to Antelope Island by boat. Why they were brought over is something of a mystery. Newspapers reported that the owner of the island was thinking of starting a zoo. The bison were hard to control. According to one newspaper, the shaggy, fierce-eyed beasts rebelled at every approach to domestication. Today, there are more than 700 bison on Antelope Island, sharing it with hikers and joggers and families. And the biggest reason that our visitors said that they come out to the island is to view the wildlife. And that's what they want to see it. Well, wildlife is wild. They're wild. The bison, you know, we, uh, this is their home. We, the humans, are, are, you know, at least the visitors, certainly the visitors of the park, they're, that's what they are. They are visiting their home. I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Love. My parents and I had gone out there to hike up the Furry Peak Trail which is a trail that has become my favorite. It's it's around my 150th time going up this peak. It's uh, the lack of trees makes it really peaceful to me because you can see forever. You're just surrounded by lake and flowers. And what I usually do when I go with my family is I'll run laps up and down while they work their way up the trail because we've all been up here a bunch of times. It's not like we're gonna get lost or anything weird like that. So I'm on my first lap running up the trail. I see three people sitting on some rocks above this little saddle where the trail comes up. I look up at them for a minute. Just, I've seen people sit up there, so I didn't think it was too unusual. And I kept running. I come over the crest of that hill, and it's pretty steep. The other side are just drop-offs and big rocky cliffs sort of thing. And I'm looking at two adult bison just standing there in this bowl. And I I looked over, and I remember saying oops out loud (laughs) because I knew I was too close. 
Uh, these were just full-grown adult bison that get up to 2,000 pounds. They can be miles away and they look like a car because they're so massive. I turned around and made it like a few steps away. I looked back over my shoulder and one of them was charging me. It didn't take it very long to catch me. I only made it a few more steps of running before it was on top of me. And I remember looking right into its face right before it hit. Like that image is burned into my head. I'm not entirely sure how far I flew. I closed my eyes while I was spinning. Um, I can only describe it based on how it felt because I couldn't really see anything. It just felt like a whirlwind and <clears throat> I was getting smashed inside of it. <laughs> I yelled up to those other people who just saw it happen, just yelling help. And I heard them shushing me. I looked over, I could only kind of side glance because my head was kind of cracked and there was blood running down my head mixing with the sweat and that was running into my eyes. So I'm side glancing after I hear them sushing me and the bison is still hanging out right there next to me. Um, yeah, I was watching for any threat and it was ready to finish me off, basically. Did you know when you were laying there and you were screaming help, did you have any idea that the bison was still so close? Not until they shushed me and I looked over at it. It was really close. How do you do that? How do you... How do you, how, how do you stay quiet in a situation like that? Those people were telling you to be quiet. How, how, did, you, how did you manage to stay quiet? Uh, I could tell it was just looking for a threat. So maybe that was part of it. I just thought... If, I think if I do the whole play dead thing, it'll recognize that I'm not a threat anymore and move off because they're not predators. It doesn't want to eat me. It just has its territory and it had probably kind of been slowly pushed around by people hiking by all day and was tired of it. <laughs> it took it a while to uh, actually walk away it stood nearby, uh, so the people that saw it couldn't come down and help me till it had moved away. When I yelled up for help, I just said, I need a helicopter right now. And I think they had called before they had ran down to me. When you were there on the ground and when you heard the helicopter, I assume you heard it before you saw it. Yeah. Were you thinking to yourself, it's going to be okay, they're here? Yeah, I knew if I could just keep myself breathing long enough that they'd be able to get oxygen on me and stabilize me uh, and that it should all be okay. And that is basically what happens. They've got me strapped into a stretcher, locked into the helicopter, and we take off. I had a neck brace on, and I remember thinking that I wanted to, I really wanted to look over at the island, and I was really disappointed I couldn't turn my head and look down at how beautiful it was. The one time I get a chance to fly over it in a helicopter. 
Kyler's parents were far behind him on the trail. He'd been running, and they'd been walking. They saw the helicopter, but had no idea what had happened. When they realized that the person in the helicopter was likely their son, they turned around and headed back to the base of the trail as quickly as they could. When they got to the hospital, they learned that Kyler had a fractured rib, a collapsed lung, and several large wounds. Kyler went into surgery, and when he woke up, park ranger Chris Quattrell was there. I was on the island. I was in my patrol vehicle. So I received a call or heard a call on our, on our radio that somebody had been struck by a bison. Had anything like this ever happened in your career? No, this is the first time this of something of this nature has happened in my career. I imagine you, you must be in such an interesting position because your job is, is, is almost in some ways to police the relationship that humans have with this land and everything that comes on that land, which, which is bison. And you're straddling this line of the coexistence between the two and, and keeping both safe. Yes, um, that's very interesting because, um, and, and what and how I have to do this, you know, I'm somewhat um, regulated in how I do this. You know, uh, being law enforcement, it's all it's all about um, enforcing the rules and specifically the rules of the park. You know, there are no rules that specifically say humans must be X number of feet away from the bison at Antelope Island. Uh, we don't have that on the island. We can't, um, you know, restrict it to the to the point where you know no nobody can receive any enjoyment out of it. Just sometimes, just in the case of Kyler, you, you know, being in the wrong place at the wrong time, and you can't you can't really help that. Kyler says he knows intellectually that he didn't do anything wrong and that the bison didn't either. He says talking with Chris Quattrell has been really helpful. But it's still hard. Kyler says it's been especially hard to accept the fact that he's now scared of a place that he's been going his whole life. I really felt like I had lost my home. And I just eventually decided I, I, I couldn't just not go anymore. Uh, it was on June 19th, I biked to the edge of the island. So that was only a few weeks after. I didn't actually go on the island. There's just this causeway through the lake that gets you onto it. And I biked right to the edge and then I stopped. <laughs> it wasn't until September when I first actually hiked on the island again. And that was with Kaylee. Earlier, we heard from professional wakeboarder Sean Murray and how Florida's exceptional waterways and weather make it an ideal adventure destination. For Sean, there's no better place to work on your wakeboarding skills especially if you come to the Orlando Water Sports Complex. It is one of the most well-known wakeboard destinations in the world. 
Here, Sean offers lessons for everyone from beginners to experts. And while he loves the physical aspects of the sport, he says his favorite part is how it brings people together for a great time. For me, wakeboarding has so many things that it hits, like uh, outside of just the moment when you're out on the water. The social side of wakeboarding and towed water sports in general, you know, water skiing, kneeboarding, tubing, whatever, you get the entire family and friends and age range within a really tight space and everybody's happy to be there. You know, where else can you have it where kids are out with their parents and they're stoked to be there and people are taking turns and they're encouraging each other and learning things and figuring out challenges. It's a really unique environment that if people uh, haven't experienced it, you've got to go get out there because not only will you get hooked once you get up for the first time, but just that environment, it, it, it's something that you just can't get elsewhere. Learn more about the many adventures to be had in this one-of-a-kind destination at visitflorida.com outside. It's hard to write a good online dating profile. I admit that I've never done any online dating. But what I'm told is that you have a small amount of space to get someone's attention. And Kyler Burgess, writing that he'd survived a bison attack, had gotten Kaylee Davis's attention. She'd asked about the attack right away, and Kyler had told her all about it, and all about where it had happened. He had always talked about how it was his home, and how he basically lost his home, and I was trying to encourage him to get back there, and I was trying to be a, like a friend to get him back out there being where he loves. Kaylee Davis also grew up going to Antelope Island, and loved it as much as Kyler had. She told us that she and Kyler had been out a few more times, and she liked him, but that she hadn't heard from him in a little while. She thought it was odd. She told herself she'd give him till the end of the week, and if he didn't call, she'd move on. And then, on September 27th, she was on her way to Antelope Island to go trail running. Um, and, and that's when Kyler called. I called Kaylee to see if she wanted to go watch the sunset. She tells me she's already on her way to Antelope Island, so she says she'll just wait and meet me at my house, and we can go out there together. But she still wanted to do a run. I tell her she can just go ahead and run, and we designate a spot to meet or turn around at that's near where we would watch the sunset. I started running. I took some pictures since it was a beautiful day. There was sunflowers blooming. It was a gorgeous day, and I could see the sun poking through the clouds. I had my dogs with me, so I was getting them out of the truck while she went uh, went ahead and ran up the trail. A little ways further along, a group of bikers go by, and this in two clusters, there's this scout troop. They passed me. Um, I pulled my dogs off to the side. We just all waved and said hello. It's just normal people out enjoying the trail. Good day. I had I had reached about I'd say a mile and a fourth, and that's when I see the bison. And knowing his story, I got a little scared, and then I. 
I ran past it. I got off trail just so I could be a little bit further away from it. And he didn't even notice me. He just, he was eating grass, turned around just fine. Um, and then I started thinking and I was like, does Kyler really want to pass this bison? And I don't know how his dogs will react since he had his dogs. So I was like, I'm going to turn around and tell him we should not do this trail anymore. And right as I um, turned back, there were four scout kids that on a, on their mountain bikes that passed on the trail. I waved hello, telling them hi and everything. And right as I told them hello, I see the bison chasing me. <laughs> and I did not know what to do in that moment. Like, I was like, oh no, is this really going to happen? Um, the only thing I can think to do is to run away and I how fast are you running I mean is it, are you sprinting I <laughs> I was running as fast as possible um do you hear the bison behind you do you, are you looking over yeah. your shoulder yes yeah, so I had the first time I'd looked over I hear him trampling and everything and I was like oh he's getting close and then the second time I look over and he's probably 10 yards away from me and then the third time I look over he's basically right behind me like I yeah and the only thing I was thinking I was like I'm gonna go up in the air or I'm gonna he's just gonna make me fall down and trample me and the next thing I know I'm basically up in the air and it looked like it was 15 feet up in the air it was pretty high up there and the only thing while I'm thinking up in the air, I'm like, I'm going to land on my head. I'm going to, I was like, this is, this is it. Um, honestly, I don't remember much. I land and I don't remember much like of after up in the air between the land. So I don't know exactly um, how, like I'm laying on the ground. I feel that my ankle's warm. So I know it's like injured, but I don't feel the pain. I just feel warmth. <laughs> So I'm like, I'm hurt. I know I'm hurt. And right as I feel like I'm hurt, I'm like, he's right next to me, like, sniffing me. And he's doing um, his, he's doing like a paw dig, like -hmm. you know how bulls do. Um, And he looked like he was going to want to trample me if I were to move. And the only thing I could think of, like, I know Kyler had, talked about him moving and then he got trampled the only thing I could think was to not move because I was like I don't want to be trampled either I just want the injury that I have now I don't want to be injured more than I am um so how how long did you lay there silently still with the bison over me he was over me about two or three minutes um and I heard a man calling out to me to calm down Um, be still, don't move. And I was like, I'm not going to move. And I was screaming for help the whole time, and I hear the scout kids calling 911. I get up to a mile and a quarter in, and a couple of the scouts run back yelling for me. What are they saying? They're just asking if I'm Kyler. So... Only way they'd have known that is if they had talked to Kaylee. As I immediately knew. I just feel that heart sinking. 
that something impossible happens again. <laughs> I give my dogs to these scouts. And then as I, just before I come over this little hill to see where they're at, my dogs had slipped off their leashes to get back to me. And I gra had to grab them by the scruff of their necks and get them back on the leashes with the scouts. Um, I go over that hill, the bison is hanging out maybe 30, 40 feet away from Kaylee. And uh, that scout leader's there nearby watching. So I come in <clears throat> holding my bear spray out, ready in case it turns back around. And I handed the, my bear spray over to the scout leader told him to stand and watch just if it turns around to spray it because <laughs> it was still right there what was the first thing that you saw um where where was kaylee what, what did you first see she's laying on some gravel uh She's laying there on a, just crying. She starts apologizing to me. <laughs> I remember setting up her bag uh, in my lap, trying to make a pillow and just holding her head. I got my jacket out and put that on top of her. I was hold, just started holding her head and squeezing her hand, and we started kind of joking, <laughs> just uh, trying to make a light of it for a minute because while well, we waited for the EMTs to get there. Kaylee's ankle was gushing blood, and she felt a stinging in the back of her thigh. When they lifted up her leg to look at it, it started gushing blood too. They tied a tourniquet around her thigh and kept waiting. After an hour, the rescue helicopter arrived and took Kaylee to the hospital. Um, so when I wake up from emergency surgery, it's about 2 in the morning, and I see my, my mom and my dad and my sister kind of all around me. And that um, I see a text from Kyler saying that he hoped everything went well and that he'll see me in the morning right when he wakes up and... Um, yeah, basically right when I wake up in the morning, he's there in the hospital. How long were you in the hospital? I was in the hospital for three days. I had them bring a wheelchair up so I could take her out on the grounds and wheel her around the, this pond out there so she could still be outside a bit. It's funny because, you know, you are the one that had wanted to go. You had encouraged going back there because you knew how much he loved the place and you, I guess, wanted to show him that it would be okay. I, I really thought it would be okay. I didn't think that there would be another incident. Like, what are the odds that he got hurt and that I would also get hurt? One of the first things that happened was that they were interviewed a lot as a couple. We kind of felt, I, we talked about how there was pressure on our relationship because it seemed like it had to happen so fast now that 
like media seemed like we were boyfriend and girlfriend and we hadn't discussed about being boyfriend or girlfriend even I think a month and a half after <laughs> so yeah it, it put I think it put a lot of pressure on us I had joked with my sister she's like my sister was saying everyone wants it to be a love story and I I totally understand that's like it's a good love story <laughs> Kaylee says that she and Kyler broke up a month and a half after her attack. She says she's the one who ended the relationship, but that there aren't any hard feelings. This whole thing was an awful lot of pressure to put on a relationship that was really just beginning. We didn't press any further. She says that they hadn't seen each other after the breakup until they decided to meet up for a hike so they could talk after they'd each spoken to us individually. And then we asked if they might come into the studio together. Do you think that there's anything more awkward than making you two sit in a studio talking about your relationship, staring at each other? I can't think of. (laughs) You feel. How do you feel, Kaylee? I feel pretty good. I. I mean, I'm an open book. I just. I. I always think that it would be such a nice fairy tale if it did happen because of our story, but I. I see differences. And I don't know if there's a as a situation where the differences are resolved and then like just the we enjoy all the other good things. I don't know. I I don't know if I would date Kyler again. I'm not sure. What about you, Kyler? Yeah, it's hard to say. Uh, it might be one of those situations where the the idea is better than the reality. Do you ever think to yourselves, what if we just never met each other? I was thinking that this morning. (laughs) Kind of, um... Different things that could have happened slightly differently, so this never happened. Yeah. You know, they say that dating is hard enough, but you two really have shown us that none of us should be complaining. And we have nothing to complain about. Once you get gored by a bison, then someone can complain to you. Uh, everybody has their own troubles in life. <laughs> I was like, there's different situations, but <laughs> I will say this was the most expensive date I've been on. (laughs) Do you you both feel mad at the bison? A little bit. (laughs) Uh, I don't have... I I know they're wild animals, so I'm not too mad at them, but I can see that. (laughs) Kaylee hasn't gone back to Antelope Island, but she is rock climbing and hiking on other trails and says she's healing well. This past December, Kyler got up the nerve to go back to Antelope Island and go for a run. Every single thing terrified me the whole time. (laughs) Every piece of sagebrush looked like a bison. Every bird that flew over my head scared me. And 
Uh, I just kept slowly creeping up. I would peek over every hill very, very slowly. Like, um, it, it felt pretty surreal to walk in there and stare at where I had landed and thinking about the whole thing all over again. It was a, just a really, ended up being a really great day. I'd felt like I was locked out of my house kind of a thing. So I remember as I started coming back down the hill and with the sun on my face that I started tearing up because it felt so good to be back. I, I just, I, it's hard to describe how much I love being out there. <laughs> and it, it feels way better going back than it did staying away. Even though I'm terrified of them, it still feels better. What do you say to people who say they're afraid of wild animals? Well, I suppose it would depend on the animal. And I would say that um, if you're afraid of that animal, um, learn about it, study it. Grow to um, appreciate it for what it is. Um, and show the respect that it deserves when it's out in the wild. And then I think you can um, develop a love for it. Because the risk is worth it, isn't it? Yes, the risk is worth it. You know, the wild, the rewards can be beautiful, but there is risk. This story was produced by the podcast This Is Love. Their whole fourth season is about animals. Incredible stories about wolves and birds and horses and dogs. Learn more at thisislovepodcast.com. This Is Love is created by Lauren Spohr and Phoebe Judge. Nidia Wilson is their senior producer. Susanna Roberson is their assistant producer. Audio mix by Michael Raphael and Rob Byers. This is Love is a member of Radiotopia from PRX. This episode was brought to you by Visit Florida, one of the country's great adventure destinations. To learn more about all the activities to be had in the Sunshine State, both on and off the water, go to visitflorida.com outside. We'll be back next week. <laughs>